All right. What's up, bro? Yes, dude. I, you know what? I'm always up for these random, like, last second, let's get on the podcast and do something, man. This is always fun. Well, first of all, we need to clarify a few things. Um, first thing is that we will be there for the game tonight. So anybody who's listening to this and heard us the other day say, if we weren't going to be there, we are. I think we said it twice yesterday and the day before, Dave. Yeah. So got to be there. We got to straight our shit out, first of all. Friday night, it's a party. Unk, can't wait to see you, buddy. Halftime show is going to be off the hook. Jared, we're going to enjoy having you there too, man. Be strippers. Yeah. It's going to be Tanya. What's up, Shane? What's up, buddy? It's going to be great. Great, great, great show. So, with all that said, um, I got my mic a little closer. So, appreciate the comments. Anybody who notices my shit's fucked up, appreciate you. I did a little modification to my space. I won't talk about it all, but there's permanency to this situation. I, I did like that street sign behind you. It says, do not enter. Oh, uh, just in case, just in case you wonder. It's actually from um, Boston, right? Oh, it's a nice. MTA sign, the Metro Transit Authority. And it there said, um, do not enter $50 fine, excluding buses. So there are, there is an exception. If you got a big caboose, you are welcome in here. <laughs> Dude, it just takes me back to, uh, when we were guys, um, I, I'm pretty sure that we can't get in trouble for this anymore because Statue it's been too long. Statue limitations have passed. Yeah. Statue limitations is on on this one. What's up, eight one nine William? What's up, buddy? Um, but check this out. Mark and I, we used to run this little gang of uh homeschool thugs, and Not we used to gang. run around and steal street signs. And uh, in Edmond, that we would steal these street signs. <laughs> there was a news article that was saying that there was like what twenty two thousand dollars in signs stolen. Over the course of three weeks, it wasn't uh, us. that was that was totally probably us. We don't no, know if it was old. Dude, if you're going to put, put information like that out there, then I had nothing to do with that. It wasn't us, but we know who did it. Um, anyways, uh, good times. I think we stole or took, um, we borrowed because we did bring them back. Um, I want to throw that out there. We brought them back. Um, but we got, what, 60 in one night? Are, you want to know the truth, bro? <laughs> I honestly wasn't there for that. I know you weren't. No, but like, oh. so I don't, I cannot confirm or deny that that happened. But I have heard some pretty crazy stories about a car chase and various other things. Um, but yep, I was actually in Michigan. I was in Michigan. Oh, um, man, I, you missed out. You wouldn't believe how many things, me being in Michigan, got how many things I got out of trouble because it was like, I couldn't have been there. I was in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had a old Saab 9.3, I think it was 9. Point whatever. Um, anyways, it was the old hatchback, right? Yeah. So the hatchback would go up and we could slide any sign we wanted in the back there. And it was the only car that we could do that with everything else that we had, couldn't fit the signs in. So we would go around, we stayed away from stop signs, but we went yeah. around and stole, or I'm just, sorry, borrowed. Just understand, borrowed. Like, there may be a statute of limitations that still, like, like, <laughs> we you, returned you, them. We returned them. I know, but you put some pretty big numbers. Cause like, I'll tell you, like one time I stole, a, um, a shopping cart from Walmart and some cops were like, listen guys, like you might think a shopping cart isn't that expensive and it's fun, but they actually are above the $500 limit for it to be a felony. Oh, so okay. well, he didn't like, officially do any of this shit. Then. Yeah, he was like, I think it's a bullshit situation that it's a $500 item and it's a felony. So I'm going to just ask you to return it. 
And he was actually very nice about it. And he just said, like, you don't need the shopping cart. And I was like, you're right. So we returned it and it was fine. And I think what you did was the appropriate thing there, too, because obviously nobody's trying to create any damage. It was just like, I don't know, what, 20, we, we saw 25 or 30 we, years ago now, like just juvenile, like, you know, I was, I was just got my driver's license. Um, so I was probably 17 or 18 at the time. So we're talking 21, 22 years ago. But my point about, about it, it was, is like old school Edmond. If you guys remember old school Edmond, the old people that are from Oklahoma, it was a different place, you know, like it was a completely different place than it is now. And pasture land, bro. Yeah, it was all pasture land. And, and it's crazy because Oklahoma in, in itself, especially Oklahoma city, Norman, Moore, all these other like sub cities to Oklahoma city are just booming right now. And it's, 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 in, I don't know, it's inspiring looking back and saying, Oh yeah. I remember when we would take a street sign from right there and it was on, you know, a place that there was nothing, there was nothing for miles and miles, and miles. And now going back, there's none of that stuff in Edmond. You know, if, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, crazy, man. Yeah. So it's definitely built up. I haven't been over there in quite a while, but every time I go back, I'm always impressed with how much further it's pushing. And that brings us to the part of the episode where we encourage everybody to move to Oklahoma, where the world's yes. finest weed is available for the guys. world's best price. And I can't even get a good angle for you guys. And the women, they're fine. The weed is cheap. And the games, the basketball is the best on the whole planet. So what else could you ask for? Oklahoma's where you want to live. Show up. We'll get you some tickets. We'll get you a blunt. We'll hang out. You'll have some friends as soon as you arrive, dude. Mm. Dave and I were talking about people who are moving to the area, people who move to different areas. And we, we think Oklahoma is about to um, be on a different level. So we're putting this out worldwide, no matter where you are. You want a fresh start, cheap weed, amazing women, move to Oklahoma today. Yeah, and it was it was great when um, the state of Oklahoma and the governor approached us to start uh, talking very positive about Oklahoma and give them all okay. the shout outs that we possibly could. And so Marcus, Marcus is no. buttering up the governor. We appreciate no. you, governor. First of all, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know the governor, um, but um, dude, for like ten seconds there, man, that was great. All right, listen. Here's, I I got a lot to say about the governor, um, but I would just congratulate him on his um, reelection and his his um his choice of Secretary of State is a real douchebag. Fucking fucking cocks out there, bro. All right. <laughs> All right. So glad I'm so glad we spent the first five minutes or seven minutes of this podcast <laughs> things you don't do kids um, um yeah talk about the tonight, secretary though. of state and it's a past crime <laughs> all right well we can just act like we didn't say any of this stuff but um let's, let's talk it. about what's coming up tonight we got we got a game against the kings and it goes warriors warriors or does it go yeah. sun, um spurs warriors warriors it goes suns spurs warriors warriors Trailblazers. Oh, we're playing the Suns tonight, not the Kings. No, Kings tonight, okay. Spurs, Suns tomorrow. Kings? Oh, back-to-back, bro? Uh, okay. 12th and 14th. Sun, uh, okay. What is today? Today's the 10th. Okay, yeah. yeah. Today's the 10th, so then uh, Suns is in uh, on Sunday. Two days. Okay. And then Tuesday is the Spurs. 
Guys, think about that. Man, how long have we been waiting for this game? Dude, TNT, 7.30, prime time. All right, we got two massive games before that. Theoretically, the, the game that we're talking about and getting exciting about is the, the easy game of the other three. Although, the Suns got beat twice by the Spurs, so like, who the fuck knows what we're dealing with, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, you look at this, the, the schedule and what we've done. I was looking at it today, guys, and I was getting excited because um, the Cavs aren't chumps. We beat them twice now, the two times we've been facing this year. The Hawks are playing really good, and we just beat the shit out of the Hawks, right? Um, and then, uh, of course, the other teams we've uh, beat are the Pistons and the Bulls. Uh, destroyed the Bulls and destroyed the Pistons. Um, this is this is good for us. I think that a lot of people want to look at and say, well, we've lost to three West teams um, and we beat the four East teams that we played or five East teams that we played. Um, I understand that mindset, but I want to I want to go past that because these are the East games are the easy games. We have to win these games like the West games. They're going to be difficult all season season long. They're going to we're going to be running into it. But if we beat the East teams that we're supposed to beat and beat and win the majority of those East teams, then I think we have what, 20 games against these teams, 25 games against East teams. That's big. You know, if we can pull off 20 of the 25 wins against East teams, then what we're have, looking at really good shape. And I, against East so far. What's that? Have we won all of our games so yeah, far? Against so the we beat the Bulls, right? beat the Cavs, beat those Pistons, beat the Cavs again, or Cavs again, and then we beat the Hawks. That's our five wins. So, so our three losses, all, all West teams. teams. Yikes. So we've had a ton of East games to start the season. So that kind of like is a good um, thing to get us going. But as yes. the season goes on, it's going to get more lopsided toward West games. Absolutely. And, but like, again, like I think it's 25 or 30 games that we get against East teams. All right. So I, I forget exactly. I need to go back and look. So if you think about that, we've already gone through five of those games, you know, and that's, that's a, it's a, a sixth of the games. If there's uh, um 30 games against the East. So, you know, like that, that right there kind of shows you how much East we have in the, in the beginning. And again, I'm not mad about the East games. We need to be putting the way the, those teams. And also it's good for the team to be able to win those games, knowing that they're going to have confidence against any East team they play. We 76ers are coming up and, you know, like those are the games that are going to be difficult that we need to be able to say, our bench is going to be be able to destroy these guys. Well, we saw some big play from Chet, from Shea last game. Um, we've talked a lot about supporting the other guys as they kind of like figure out their new roles and a new season's underway. Um, but I have a feeling that since maybe only one of our guys has really played a true A game so far, and maybe there was a little bit more that we could have got out of Shea if the game was closer. Um, my question is like, what do we need to, you know, get, continue this winning mode that we're on right now? How do we get to the point where, um, you know, tonight's a win? Sure. Um, I think I got to go back to just the beginning of the season and what we expected from this team. Um, I think we sat down in the beginning. I said for the first, you know, through the first 10 games, I thought we could go, what was it? Um, eight and two or seven and three. Um, I think that's where we have to go back to. So, you know, the reality of the situation of where we're at, we have a legit opportunity to go 10 and three. 
you know, for the first 10 games or uh, th- um, seven and three for the first 10 games. Um, just because I do have faith that this team can beat the Suns, and I have faith that this team could beat um, um, tonight, which is the Kings. And categorically looking at it, you know, if we can get through the first 10 games and we get that, that 70% win percentage on there, that to me is exactly where this team needs to be at my, the mindset, because that's what we need to be pulling off every single 10 games is this team is good enough to be able to do that. And if you look at the schedule and you look how the schedule's um, designed, there's only two or three times in the season where winning seven out of 10 games is probably going to be a little bit more difficult, right? But this is one of the biggest steps right here because we have the Warriors twice in that time. We've got the Pelicans. You know, we've got um, um, the Nuggets in this, you know, group. So if we can pull off this, it's going to be huge. The Suns are in this group. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, if we can do, which I would consider this being the one of the more difficult 10 game stretches that we have. And For if sure. we can find a way to do this and pull it off, to me, this is exactly what, because you can say what you want about the East teams that we played. The Cavs don't suck. They do not suck at all. Right. And then obviously the Hawks are pretty much like destroying the East right now. And then you have, um, you know, Pistons suck, but that's just the Pistons. Um, but the Bulls aren't bad either this year. So for me, like I, those are good wins. You know, I, that's all I want to say about that. These are good wins. And I do think that if you're going to compare it to East team to a West team, that you could say that the Cavs and the Kings are, are, are similar how their cores are with Dominic Mitchell and Fox you know, like you got, you know, two high scores, fast paced scores. Then you've got your big men. Um, it's it's very similar and we match up really well against the Cavs. So in theory, we should match up very well against the Kings. Is Fox playing? Last I had heard he was out, but that was a little while ago. Yeah, I'll pull up um, right now while Mark's talking. The other thing I would like to say, though, is like coming into the season based off of last season, if you look at the teams that you would anticipate would be two of the toughest games. Yeah all season would be the Kings and the Suns. Like they were some of the best of the West last year. So like we could lose both of these games. No, how about this? We should lose both of these games. If you're just going based on like probably like Vegas numbers. Right. But we'll think, go ahead. Go ahead. Think about this. The Kings are good, but they don't have Knox or Knox. um, uh, Fox. Uh, Thank you. um, Uh, They don't have Fox. Right. And then you got the Suns, who I believe they're missing um, a couple of their players. Right. Um, and then we go the Spurs, which in all, all honesty, it should be an easy game. But the Spurs are an easy game for us this year because there's a lot of um, hate and animosity there. Uh, then we go both Warriors and Trailblazers. So we got two games against Warriors, one tra- um, game against the Trailblazers. Mark's right by saying that we could go 0 and 2, but even more so, like we could go, what? We could win one game here and win, lose five. Like, <laughs> That's the reality. Like we this is this is five. a yeah, this is the toughest stretch that we have to start off. I mean, like if you look at the rest of the teams that that play, like we play the Warriors like think four times this year and we play we're going to play them three times in a matter of 2 weeks. You know, that's insane. Like we only play the Warriors one more time after this. You know, like that's what we're it's 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 not normal what we're going to have to go through through the first 10 games of the season, really even the first 10, 15 games of the season. But if we can come out with an early, early a challenge and come out and play well and do things right, and we see um, Jay Will and Chet uh, more starting to mingle better, then guess what? There's no telling what's going to happen. Because if we come out on top of this and even we go um, through the next seven games, which is um, 
you know, which is a pretty good chunk there. If we go through the next seven games and we're what, um, if we win uh, five and two, you know, then we're, everybody in the NBA is going to be talking about the Thunder. Like it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be the Thunder just went through this, you know, crazy amount of the schedule playing all these top, you know, quality teams and they went five and two, you know, like that's what we got to be doing at this moment. You know, that's what we got to be focusing on because this team is unique in that way is, you know, having a record of, of 12 and five and having a juggernaut starting off this way to me is exactly what this team needs to do. And I'm excited about it, man. Yeah. We've had some really good games against the Kings. Um, when the Kings are playing at their best, which obviously without Fox, they're probably not their best, but they still have a lot of really good elements to their ball movement. Um, they're really frustrating on the glass. Sabonis so is a really great passer. He's really great big. So my guess is this is going to be a four-quarter barn burner. Uh, I would think that we're going to be able to pull this one out because I think even with Fox, uh, we've improved enough. Um, the Kings, at best, are standing still. And while they were better yeah. than us last year, I think our this version of this team is something that they're going to have a lot more trouble dealing with than what they think. So I'm betting on us to get the win, but I also feel so like it's going to be realistic. Chat. Yeah, Sabonis first Chet is the one I've been circling for a very long time. I'll be honest with you guys. Like, people have been excited about Chet versus Mobley, Chet versus um, Victor. And yes, I am excited about those two. But Sabonis versus Chet, because if you look back when Sam Presti um, drafted Sabonis, right? Mm-hmm. I really think that Sabonis was that first of the Chets, was the first of the Chets, the first of these big guys that are ball handlers that can pass, that do everything very well. He was the beginning part of it. He was the beginning piece. And I think when Sam had him on the team and then we traded him, Sam felt that he made a mistake. Yes, we got Paul George, right, out of the deal. But I think in his mind, he should have somehow found a way to keep Sabonis. And mm-hmm. if we had Sabonis, Chet, and PG-13, I don't think the NBA was ready for that. And that's the problem right there. Because Sam Presti recognized that was the piece that we were missing in the last team that we had. And I, I go back to this and, and seeing the, how valuable Chet is in this idea of the Oklahoma City Thunder system. It starts with Sabonis. Without Sabonis there, Sam Presti, yes, he sees um, Chet, but it's not as important to get somebody like Chet. But now that you had Sabonis, you draft Sabonis, you had him playing on your team, you do all that other stuff, man, it's the exact thing that you need. Now you understand that Chet was the only piece that you needed in that championship. He, Sabonis was that piece. And now Sabonis is, what, 30? Is he? Getting old there. He's been a um, multi-all-star. Um, he's been, I think he got a top seven in MVP voting one year. Like, he's been a phenomenal player. And I can't even imagine if he was, you know, still around the Thunder when, when Russ was there with PG and all these other guys. It would have been insane. Bro, I just got coffee delivered in the attic. Bro, that's that's next level. What's up, Robert? Phantom? What's up, guys? Nicholas, Mawani, Unk. You guys are killing it today, man. Um, yo, so what do you guys think? What do we need to do well to beat the Kings? Obviously, Coach Degnault's improving. Attack our with our offensive guards, bro. Attack, attack, attack. It's their weak spot right now on defense. All right, so let's play devil's advocate. Now, if you're the Kings, what are you telling your team how to beat the Thunder? 
Well, obviously they've got a great coach. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm really since impressed. His time in, yeah, since his time in Cleveland, he has been always on point. And well, yeah, he he spent Mike Brown spent that time in um with the Warriors, and yep. I think it really like he came back at a different level. And, and what he's doing, he's done with them, has been really special. Now they're going to have some it management is. problems, like keeping but, everybody intact. But he's yeah, done a hell of a job. And then you got, and then you got like the way that he demands these guys to play defense. That's why I say Fox out of the game. You got to attack with your guards. Yeah, you got to attack, attack, attack because you're going to get these other guards <laughs> in foul trouble because his guards play so physical, right? And I, I, I think that when we're able to take advantage of the physical play is when you know, Shea gets to the foul line and and J Dub and Chet and all these guys gets to the foul line and we can shoot 26, 27 foul shots in the game or even more because that physicality. If we're taking advantage of it, it's because we're taking advantage of it getting to the hole, foul, layup, and one, or hole, foul, whatever the, the course is, you know? And, and I look at this and I, I can't help but say, if the Thunder want to win this game, first of all, we got to shoot 90 plus percent from free throws. We got to get to the free throw line 27 plus times. We got to keep, um, we got to keep Sabonis and the Kings off of the offensive glass because they're fucking destroy the offensive boards. They do, and and Barnes is one of those guys you got to watch out for. I know, and and he's sneaky about that. And then the last thing is we've got to finish our easy shots. That's it. We're not talking about hitting forty um, percent from three because we don't necessarily need to do that to beat the Kings, but we need to hit our easy shots. And I'm not looking at any of the players in particular. I'm just saying is that. You know, Shea last game missed a couple at the rim. Uh, Josh Giddy missed a couple at the rim. J-Dub missed a couple. Of th- I mean, we could go down the list. They all missed a couple at the rim, and that's part of the game. That's not, you know, me being, you know, dick here. But you can't do that to, um, with the Kings. The Kings will take advantage of that every single time, and it's because they're well coached. And we can't expect to get any whistles. <sighs> yeah. All right, Mark. William819 wants to know what you're rolling. Um, what is it? I forgot the name of this, but it's, it's beautiful. I wish I could, I had the lighting to show you how gorgeous these nugs are. Holy cow, man. Where is Wow. That? I can see, I mean, yeah, it's a little fuzzy, but I can still see the details on that shit, bro. That's amazing. In front of my face. It may, if you could see the crystals, you can't though. It's just, every time I get it close, you can't see it. So is it dense? Really is it fluffy yeah, or dense? It's really dense, but nice. Um, yeah, this is but, just a quick one because we're in the middle of talking. I figured I'd roll one up, but um, I really I wish think I had that, a name for it. It's I got you know I have it right here actually. Why am I why am I complaining? Here we go. It's flapjacks. Flapjacks. There we go. There you go, guys. So, dude, all right. I'm I'm pumped because I've been seeing this season coming for a while, right? We both have. Yeah. And we're like, this is a chance for us to put on the gas. Uh, road trip style imagine we come out and we win all these games right yeah. all of them right and we, all of a sudden everybody's like oh shit like their team isn't their time isn't tomorrow it might be right now like are we is there any chance that happens or is that just too greedy of me to, to start kind of like speculating i mean it's no i mean what are we talking about greedy man we're thunder fans man yeah but like okay so like 500 would be like really exceptional on this road trip and and every everybody should be happy with that, <clears throat> but yeah. but I I kind of think we're better than that. I think we, we are better than that. But the, the the reality of it is it's it's all about how coach handles 
these guys. And that's and we, we can we can say anything else we want about these players and all that stuff. But at this point of the season, the coaches like getting the guys focused before games, making sure that they get, you know, their sleep that they're supposed to do all that other stuff. This matters early in the season. And a lot of people just get stuck on being like, Oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. Listen, we know when these guys play back-to-back games, cause they shoot like 30% from three point range. We know when these guys are um, not getting a lot of sleep because of that, all that other stuff. We know when these guys are at the strip clubs. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. We do like they don't play like they should. James Harden would have won four, five, six MVPs. If you never went to any of the strip clubs. And and the thing is, is that yes, you can be an unbelievable player and still get out every single night. But the problem is, is that it caps you out in what you are able to capable of doing. And that's, what's key about when you're on a road trip is you got to stay focused. You got to stay in the hotel rooms. You got to, Keep the girls out of the rooms, like the simple, basic stuff. And if your coach can do that and the coaches can do that and be successful, you're going to go on a winning streak. And that's going to be because you're letting your coaches be your bodyguards and watching the crowd while you're focused on what's on the court. That's the accountability that you have when you have a mixture of veterans and young players. Like it was always so important to Presley to have that. And you see it paying off and we have a new group of veterans and a new group of young players, but the culture stays the same. Um, all right, you know, is it um, Yuante Unity? All right, Unity brand. Um, don't give up on him yet. Uh, Brent Woods, we are huge Josh Giddy fans here. We will never ever say never. trade Josh Giddy because the reality of Josh Giddy is one day he's going to shoot 40% from three point range, he's going to average almost a triple double. And you're never going to see players like this that come through the league. You got to give this young man time, time, time. And if that means that you lose a couple games, because of it, I don't give a shit. It's not only because of Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is elite player, and we will we will go to battle with anybody about how Josh Giddy is going to completely change the league. And I appreciate you saying something on here, Brent. But we're we're such ba- massive Josh Giddy fans that um, we just know what he's capable of doing and what he's going to do. And the NBA is not ready for that. Well, he's go ahead, Dave. He's. <clears throat> Josh Giddy is unlike any other player we've ever seen in the league since Pistol Pete and some of these other guys that could handle the ball, pass the ball, and all this other stuff. Like, I don't understand how this young generation has, especially in, in the Oklahoma City Thunder community and the other podcasts, have turned on Josh Giddy because this young mindset that you have to have all five guys be top-end scorers on the court at all times is crazy to me because you have to have somebody like Josh Giddy. He is the best inbounds player in the league in a very long time. And I cannot say it enough when you're talking about Josh Giddy, like getting rid of him would be the biggest mistake Oklahoma City Thunder would do besides getting rid of Chet or getting rid of Shea. The next person that would be a bigger mistake would be Josh. All right. Yo, so yeah. Chat GPT. All right. So Chat GPT just created a new build your own GPT. So I want to tell this GPT to um, say, let's say, um, argue that the OKC Thunder will win. This is my first GPT I've ever made myself. Okay, guys, brand new feature they just announced came out with. So, to win a champion in the this year, right? next three years. Okay, I know I don't want to get uh, too next year, Okay. Okay, here we go. All right, don't get too greedy. Let's see what happens. 
Give it to us good, chat. All right, so and here's the thing. Spelling isn't a big problem with this thing. It's actually better at reading poor spelling than anything else. So we're creating a little custom GPT. And its entire function will be to convince us that the Thunder are going to win. All right, let's read this. Great. Now let's give the GPT a name. How about Thunderous Advocate? Sounds good to me. Oh. All right, that's a great name. It's a great name. All right, here we go. <laughs> Debater for the Oklahoma City Thunder Championship prospects. Like I said, this is the first one I've ever made, so I'm a little like shaky on how well this is going to work, but it's generating a profile picture for us now. That's really fucking interesting. Um, sorry to do this on the podcast, guys, but um, I'm learning a new thing today, and I figured we could all do it together. Um, Dave is into ChatGPT with me, so we, we share some of this energy. I polish that shit. How about that shit, bro? Automatic generate. Here's a profile picture. Damn, bro. You want to make any changes to it? I'll be like, how about you put the Larry O'Brien trophy? I'm, I'm misspelling everything on the picture. Do it, man. I can't even actually see the words on the screen this far back, so it's kind of part of it. Plus, I sh I'm shitty at spelling. That's the other part of it. So we're going to get a fresh Larry O'Brien trophy on there. I think this is fun. Okay, now let's see what. whenever we get that done. Um, why will the Thunder win soon is a question. What's the Thunder winning strategy? Can the Thunder draft pick secure the title? Does the Thunder team depth contribute? How about this one? Let's do this one right here. Let's just, oh, that's dope. All right. Yeah. It's a little Dude, trippy because it's like put, two Larry O'Brien, but whatever. Can we'll we go put that it. as our little thing, man? Can we steal that and put it on uh, YouTube as our little? Um, <laughs> the only thing is, I think we, we should, we should. But you know how, like, right now I see the Larry O'Brien and then I see a little ball on top of the Thunderball? Yeah, yeah. And I, I like I the fact like... there's two. One's bigger than the other, so it's like testicles, bro. That's like the perfect, perfect But trophy, I see three. Bro. But if you want to, if you want to leave it that way, I might ask it to change it though. It's up to you though. I don't know, man. I just like the whole look of it. Right. It looks good. We'll leave it. Now let's just, we'll I'm leave all it. About testicles. We'll say that looks great. And then we'll switch over here. And it looks like this side over here is where you actually ask the GPT questions. The builder oh. is done. Um, it, now it's asking us, what do you want us to emphasize or, you know, so I'm going to leave that be for now. I'm just going to say like, um, why will the thunder... Uh, win a chip in well how about this we'll just say next year next year let's see what happens thunderous advocate the new gpt that we just created all right so now it's giving us a list of why it thinks that it will win so i'm gonna go ahead and zoom in so i can read this um with you guys all right all right here we go the argument for the Oklahoma City Thunder winning an NBA championship in the next year can be built on several key points. Draft capital and young talent. Thunder have amassed a wealth of draft picks, which could be used to either select a high potential players or draft established stars or trade for established stars with a young core already featuring talented players like SGA. The team could, has a foundation to build a competitive roster. Player development. The Thunder has shown a strong ability to develop young talent. Gilgis Alexander, for example, has made significant strides each year. With another offseason of development, the young core could take the necessary steps forward to become a serious contender. Cap flexibility. Financial flexibility is a significant well, asset. Cap flexibility is kind of shrunk right now. 
because we've done other things, but that's cool. But here's the thing. A lot of those things we've done are like, we're not committed to though. You know what I mean? Dude, we could I get like rid of four. Cons. We could get rid of a bunch of the money because we're paying, yeah. we're paying to take on, um, you're right. Dead money. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Your Bertons is only, um, um, guaranteed $5 million next year. So that's not that big of a deal, but he got paid 17 this year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He got 17 this year. So that's a big deal. He's, he's, he's getting his uh, nut on there for sure. Uh, right. number four, coaching uh, and culture, bro. This is what I was telling you about earlier. Keep the guys in shape, in lock, and mentally right there, and you'll be good. So four is done. All right, five. This Thunder can leverage current trends in Thunder, like the NBA, to like emphasizing the three-point shooting and versatile defense, optimize their play style by obtaining cutting-edge strategies and analytics that could gain the edge over the competition, health and continuity, market conditions. Health, health and continuity right there. We're talking about the, the young players making sure they get rest, right? Understanding that it's not all about, you know, winning every single game if you're going to put a guy out there for 40 minutes. You're like, we're not willing to do that unless it's an overtime. And even then, it's a, you know, we have stretches where guys are out of the game for long enough to have serious rest. Health is key in order for us to win 50 plus games. All right. So overall, I think this is pretty good. I'm going to add a new instruction, though. I'm going to say be overconfident. I misspelled over. Do the other side. What? Other side, right? Yeah, but I'm going to, this is an actual instruction for how the GPT is going to be trained oh, to answer, right? Oh, so even yeah. though I misspelled overconfident, it's going to know what I want. So now it's updating the GPT. And I just didn't really feel like it really got the intention that I wanted it to be like, ah. Yeah, yeah. I got All you. Right, so um, can we win a chip this year? Whoops, wrong side, guys. Can we win a chip this year? All right, guys. Let's see if we can win a chip this year. I'll let you guys read this on your way out. Dave, I'm not going to read all these words. Obviously, this has been a fun little exercise. And I appreciate everybody joining us. Thanks for doing my little work training for today. Um, no, this is perfect, bro. This is what we need. We need to be able to understand exactly what we're fighting for because the reality of it, we get lost sometimes in all the bullshit and the rookies of the year and the MVPs and all Americans and all this other bullshit that happens. All stars, not all Americans, but you guys get what I'm saying. We get so stuck on some of these things. And for the first time, and I want to say the last 10 years, Right. For the first time in the last 10 years, the Oklahoma City Thunder are truly a title contender, a truly a title contender. People will be like, well, not, not necessarily, not necessarily. But here's the thing. If you're a top four in the West or you're a top four in the East, you're a title contender. And there's no way you're not saying that the Oklahoma City Thunder isn't a top four, top five team in the, um, in the West. And if that's the case, then you have to consider them a title contender. And build your own GPT, kids. Better than porn. See you guys tonight.